Today's gospel gives us an evocative portrait, an evocative portrait of the three theological virtues at work, faith, hope, and charity, the beginning of the divine life within us. And along with all the prayers of the Mass, they give a portrait to us of how we're prepared, we're enabled by God's gift of grace to dare to pray. We're given this incredible, incredible gift of being able to presume to beseech God, to beg him to free us from the chains in which we are bound and which so often we bind for ourselves. Today's gospel is, of course, two scenes interlocking, blended within each other. Christ is beseeched, is besought, is asked by the synagogue official to come to heal his daughter, who is already presumed to be dead. But look at the faith. Look at the confidence that that official displays. If you but come, Lord, my daughter will be raised from the dead. My daughter can be healed. And on his way, on his way, in response to this faith-filled request, he encounters a woman whose terrible affliction has lasted for more than a decade. And her faith is so strong that she believes that only by reaching out and touching the hem of Jesus' garment, she will yet be healed. Woman, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. What unites both of these stories, apart from the fact that one took place within the other? Why does our evangelist include them together? Why did our Lord act this way and tell people again and again, it is your faith that has healed you. The tragedy of our human condition, summed down to a point, is that we do not know who God truly is. Original sin has put us at enmity with God. Where originally we were made to be in friendship and communion with him, we are now at a remove, at a distance. If the essence of friendship is communication, easy conversation, comfort, familiarity, the very opposite prevails in our sense of what it means to be with God now as human beings after the fall. God seems distant, removed, even though he made us, even though we belong to him, even though even now we would not continue to exist but for his loving us at every moment. From Adam and Eve onwards, there has been this doubt, this mistrust, this separation. And so we have found it a near impossible remove to overcome. Because once this rupture exists, what are we to do? 
It is only by God's gift that we can be in friendship with him, that we can presume to say his name, that we can presume to call upon him, that we can offer him right worship, that we can fulfill our final end, which is nothing less than to praise him with all our hearts, all our minds, all our souls. And so God remained, from our perspective, at a remove, at a distance. And yet nothing could be further from the truth. Because God's grace has been at work, and never more powerfully, never more climactically, and in the fullest sense, in coming and saving us in Jesus Christ. Jesus restores us to friendship with God by sending us the Holy Spirit, by dying for our sins, by making it possible for us to know who God really is. He reveals to us the face of the Father so that when we look on him, we can no longer doubt that God really is who he says he is. How could we say the same thing that Eve said in the garden? That question of doubt or uncertainty about God's intentions in the face of the cross. It's God's definitive answer to man's probing, doubtful question. And so when our Lord says again and again, it is your faith that has healed you, It is a faith that is his own gift. His grace at work, moving us, inspiring us, enabling us with our own minds and wills to be able to consent, to know the truth of who he is. To know who the Father is. And to be once more in friendship with him. This faith enables us to love with his own love because it allows the Holy Spirit to dwell within us just as Jesus, the Word incarnate, himself dwells within us. And it places within us this unshakable hope, this confidence that God is faithful to his promises. And so we can dare to say We can dare to call upon God as our Father. Consider the words that Father will say right before reciting the Lord's Prayer. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, because it's audacious, just like the synagogue official and the woman were audacious, but audacious by God's grace, audacious by his free gift. You have delivered us, O Lord, from all that has afflicted us, as we heard in the gradual. You have put to shame all those who would persecute us. 
And as we shall hear further on, out of the very depths we have cried to you, hear our voice, be attentive to the voice of our supplications. It is this confident prayer of the church, redeemed, sanctified, elevated by God's grace, imbued with the theological virtues that allows us to utter a prayer that is incredible indeed, audacious beyond measure, and yet truly the right of every Christian and our true calling. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Come, bridegroom of my soul, and sustain me. Lift me out of my gloom, out of my torments, out of my trials. Bring me to this wedding feast, which is but a prefiguration of that wedding feast of the Lamb, which knows no end and admits of no sorrow. And so he goes on in verse 3. Now let all the heavens adore thee. Let men and angels sing before thee with harp and cymbals clearest tone of one pearl each shining portal where dwelling with the choir immortal we gather round thy radiant throne. No vision ever brought, no ear hath ever caught such great glory. Therefore will we eternally sing hymns of praise and joy to thee. The fulfillment of every Mass, the fulfillment of every prayer, the fulfillment of all our longing and all our waiting, of all of our storing up the oil of charity, the oil of formed faith, of good works done through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, even in the midst of sorrow and woe. This fulfillment is nothing less, nothing less than seeing God as he is, being able to praise him, being fulfilled in all that we are, and finally experiencing what it truly means to be wise, seeing things through God's own eyes, seeing truth itself. And so as seasons change, as leaves fall away, as we go through the highs and the lows, as we bury our dead, and as we mourn the pains and the losses, whatever they may be, in our own lives, we still exclaim, Hallelujah! 
the bridegroom is coming. And we go with joyful hearts to the wedding feast. <clears throat>